Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles with the rich and your rings. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, trashlings, and welcome back to Space Trash Lifestyles of the Rich and Uranus. I'm Molly Malshine. I'm Sarah Armour. And Sarah, what the fuck is the deal with this week? This is the weirdest week. It's a weird one. Okay, so basically what we have going on this week is there is, as we speak right now, literally like today, July 1st, there is an exact opposition between Mars and Saturn. Mars is the planet of like fired up, turned on, get up and go. Fighting, conflict, war. Yeah. Like, what do I want to fight for? What do I want to make happen? And Saturn is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, what, what lessons are you not, like, integrating? What real-life structures don't exist that you have to create before you can go, 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 go? So there's this tension between, like, who we think we are as, like, leaders and entertainers and lovers versus how we're actually being supported and like what we've actually like integrating what we've learned. It's like, we can't run forward faster than we've integrated the things that we've learned or else we'll just repeat the same shit over and over and over again. Right. Okay. So the thing is Bill Cosby getting freed. I guess what that would say to me in the context of Mars and Saturn is we got too big for our britches and we didn't reform the justice system properly. Like, oh my God, Molly, you get it. Right. The reason that he's now out on a technicality and it's the type of thing that's going to fire people up, but then also there's like nothing they can do about it because right, the system hadn't been, hasn't been reformed and he's out on a technicality and he, or he's out on a technicality and also like what looks like maybe like a bribe or like a payoff. Like there was a settlement between the lawyer, between the judge and Cosby, there was like a settlement that was like the minute that they agreed to this, whatever it was that they agreed to, he could not be tried for the things that he shared. So, I mean, I think what we're learning about this week in general, and it's going to be interesting how it plays out because then on the third, so two days from now, there's another really interesting element being added into this, which is now both, now this opposition, this Mars-Saturn opposition is going to square, meaning a tense conversation with Uranus in Taurus. So there's going to be this like, like it's basically right now we're feeling the struggle of like the systems are fucked versus what we really want to make happen. Right. Cause and, it's and- like, we have this groundswell of excitement and open-mindedness and passion for change. And we are not taking the steps and doing the work to actually implement those changes at an institutional level. That's the, 100%. right? 100%. And it's like, what we're going to see is like, if we're going to see basically like over the next few months, the repercussions of what happens when we live in a, I mean, cause like, that's the thing, like 
both the Britney thing and the Cosby thing, which we can get into later, whatever. Everybody knows we're all on it, right? Space yeah. trash Doritos, we know what's up. We're following Britney like it's our fucking day job, and it is. But it's like, what we're seeing is number one, how, like, because Taurus is money, Taurus is structures, foundations, stability. And so I think what we're seeing is like, what happens when we build our communities, when we build our government, when we build the structures of our public life around people with money and around money and just basically trying to keep money or protect money or afraid of losing money. It's like both Cosby and Jamie Spears are clearly using their dollar to, you know, not overthrow the justice system. That's sort of a dramatic way to put it, but like to, um, to flex and go, yeah, but you're not going to give me, you know, whatever deal Cosby made or whatever deal Jamie made. The fact that Brittany was even in front of the same judge all over again, who I'm sure is being paid off on some level. It's like, yeah, money talks and we're seeing how truly damaging it is when we make that the priority of a society. Right. So Something non-money related, but my highlight of this week was watching Real Housewives of New York City because- Two people have said that to me. I got to start watching because Desi brought it up to me yesterday too. She's like, have you been watching? Yeah. I'm like, no. Well, so they have their first black cast member, Ebony K. Williams. She is an icon. She's a legend. She's the moment. She's so good. She's probably the best first year housewife since Dorinda, which okay. is- So the last few weeks they've been in the Hamptons. So it's been Ebony up against all these old white ladies in the Hamptons, like fending off microaggressions left and right. Then last week was the election episode. This week, Ebony takes the girls to Harlem. So she's like, I was in their world for a few weeks, for, for a few days. So now they're coming into my world. But- And I'm in Harlem right now of all places to mention. Here I am sitting, cat sitting in Harlem. I know, crazy. So yeah. she takes she takes them all to Harlem and Ramona brings her friend who is black named Bershawn and Bershawn and Ebony don't get along because it's two days after the election. There's this unspoken political tension. Bershawn says all this stuff that's sort of all lives matter-ish. She's like, you know, we're just divided and we're all the same. And then Ebony's like, I don't know if we're all the same. And it's kind of interesting because it's like just reminding us, which we shouldn't need to be reminded of this, but that like black people aren't a monolith. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Bershawn thinks one way that's completely different from Ebony. And I'm reminded of this again when I'm reading about Cosby and his yeah. spokesman, his publicist, Andrew Wyatt, which sounds like a white name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Andy but, Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, he, he tried. Wyatt's pretty white. Yeah, he traveled to the prison to get Cosby, and he said, we want to thank the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. This is what we have been fighting for, and this is justice for Black America. Ah, man, that's tough. So it just reminds you, like, none of us can agree on anything. Like, Well, and it also is like, I feel like that is such a, and again, like, I'm not a Black person, so, like, I'm not speaking for the people the black culture, but from Sarah, from the perspective of Sarah Armour, it's really sad because it's, to me, that is like a blatant uh, abuse of the race card. Like, it's almost like the, like the fake news version for like the black conversation. It's like taking what was actually fake news and then turning it on its head and making it like, 
fake news and then like you like Trump using fake news to then like turn on journalism yeah. and turn on the media. It's like actually there's black people on both sides here. And right. like, it's funny you're, because- you're, a, you're a clear serial predator. Right. Like it's like, it's, it's, this is, it's actually beyond race on, uh, you know, at a certain point when it comes to just like, how many people are you hurting? Yeah. The thing is like, I don't even know what the point is to bring black Mer- black America into this because you already won. And Black America was not rallying behind you. Like, well, I think the point of it, though, see, I was listening to that. I was listening to like a, a lawyer talk about the Cosby stuff and the Cosby thing. And here's the thing, right? So I feel like why Cosby is using this two reasons. Number one, because I think he, again, in a very Trump way, thinks that he can just be like, you see, like, let's just call this a win for, the, for my people, and maybe you'll just all catch on. But I also think that, you know, so I, one of my close friends, we did a fundraiser this year. One of my close friends, Sharita, everybody donate to, for the Andy Wilkins, justice for Andy Wilkins. So like, I have a very good friend and I work with Andy and I work with Sharita, like, like he is wrongfully incarcerated and wrongful incarceration is a very, very, very real issue. Huge issue life. for especially overly like, way it's a black issue and and so you know in the in you know part of what when i've been in my relationship with them that we've been like either looking for or, or trying to sort of figure out is like where there are loopholes in the system or where there are ways that like actually there has been so i think that a lot of people who have been wrongfully accused can if they do their own homework and their own research will find some loopholes in the system and ways that they actually were wrongfully incarcerated not just because they didn't commit the crime that they're being accused of but because there were things that corners that were cut during the process during either interrogation or the arrest or whatever so that's actually like i think he's because it it's a it's like he's basically trying to like compound a real issue and seem like he's a part of this movement of like doing your own homework and like getting yourself freed when really we're actually talking about like one of the most successful men in history, race aside and a serial predator. Yeah. So it's like, okay. And it was an open wrongfully in part. Maybe there were things that were done wrong in the process that you're now out on, but let's be clear. You were rightfully prosecuted. Yeah. It sucks. It's just such a bummer. And I mean, it's, it just goes to show you that like giving anyone the power to decide who did or didn't do anything is going to have human error from start to finish. And then it's like, okay, so what do we do? That's so complex and fucked up. Like part of why it's so complicated is so that it's hard for like the layman to understand right so that it's like the people who can afford lawyers get out of it so like what's the answer ai like do we have ai judging things no because that's also invented by humans like do you know the whole field of forensics is basically fake and bullshit like the like you know at crime scenes when they do like the dental things and they're like this matches up with the dental records yeah. it's, fake. it's not real what do you like, mean is that real it's not real like what does that mean are, what it's, a, it's not proven by anyone. Like, I and, watch all the shows, though. I watch all the shows. Yeah, but it's bullshit. It's like you can fake all of that 
stuff. Like you, the, the thing to become like a forensic analyst or whatever is like a six week certificate at like Chubb Institute. Okay, well, speaking of Chubb Institute and things that you can just buy, that is why we have at the Space Trash Store, I will change the coloring, it's wrong, but we do have Department of Criminal Astrology shirts because I do feel that this is an untapped field and maybe criminal astrology is the only way to make things right. I think there is like a metaphysical element that we are missing. I will, I will agree on that. Well, so there's this lady that I started following on YouTube. I'll find her name uh, in a minute. I'll Google it. But she's a, she's literally like a crime scene astrologer. And in, in very rare cases, she has been brought on like either by the families of, of like a missing person or, you know, there's been, there have been a few circumstances where like police have brought her in. But basically she is looking at, I did like a little workshop from her because I was so curious. I was like, this could be my calling. Right. But like, basically she'll use astrology to find like hidden bodies. She uses astrology to like basically say, okay, if we found her at this, or if we found the person dead or the victim at, at this area, you can cast a chart and ask, there's like, there's all different branches of her, of astrology. Right. So you can cast a chart being like, who is the killer and, and use certain like astrological factors to be like, okay, if this is when she was found and this is like the circumstance of the, of the cosmic moment, who would it point to? And she solved a lot of these missing persons cases. So found the people, found the people. That's crazy. Cause you can't wrongfully find a person. It's like you found yeah. them or you didn't. And do you know what is so funny is like people say astrology is junk science actually forensics are junk science and like wow. so many different things that we rely on on a day-to-day -day basis are garbage and made up and right astrology is so interesting because well that's the whole thing everyone's like is it real is it not real it's neither it just is like it, right. it is and if we can agree that everything is mirroring on on some level even to the point of like the bottom of the ocean looks exactly like the top of the heavens looks exactly like our eyeballs you know like the venus the venus pattern in the sky is the exact pattern of a irl rose uh, uh, like the, the mirroring is everywhere and so it's not like this is real or this is fake it's like actually it just is and if we want to use the cosmos to to get a portrait or a picture of what's going on on earth that maybe would be from a different perspective. It's just a way to do it. It's not like true or not true. It just is. The planets are up it's there. It's for an analysis. It's like it's a tool for analysis is exact and, and like data collection, honestly, that's where it's actually more scientific than a lot of things that we trust because there's actually like, you can make a hypothesis and then you can see it play out and, or you can go, you know, likely on these kind of days, this kind of thing happens. And then when it does, it's like, well, isn't that science? I mean, isn't testing hypothesis science? Right. So let's move on. And also for anyone who doesn't get it, like if you take acid, if you take acid, it'll be easier to understand. <laughs> or like even edibles, like a strong edible will do the job. Yes. Like you will see how everything is connected and you will be like, why wouldn't the planets influence the way that I process things yeah. based yeah. on when I was born? We are already like us being alive is like, how is that even real? Do you know what I mean? I mean, uh, that's like when, when I literally just ate a little bit of an edible. <laughs> I just went for it. I was like, I got it and I'm eating it. Oh my God, fuck me. 
I got a train trip after this. Okay. Okay. But, last time you took an edible when mm-hmm. I was present, you puked in your mask. So I know I wanted to go with you. Look, look, look. Same ones. It's the same meth edibles. Oh my yeah, god. Let's get fucked up. But no, really, I'm just chill. I'm just chill. But what I want to say is, wait, what did you just say? You just made a really good point. Take acid because oh. then you'll see how everything's connected. And humans aren't supposed to be alive. Why are we alive? It makes no sense. And well, like, it makes sense because there are storylines that we started when we became like feeling beings and we became emotional beings versus just like mammals who are like surviving on earth. Right. But that's where I get so annoyed at science because it's like at the end of the day, if you boil science down to like cells and microns and neurons, and I'm just making words up, right? What is a cell? Where does that come from? If, Mitochondria? Like, get out of here. And what is that? And what like, you can keep getting smaller and smaller. And there could be scientific terms that we use and there could be evidence, but it's all based on ultimately the miracle of our existence, which is spiritual in nature. So it's like the only shot we have is using astrology to try to connect these dots in the constellations, if you will, of what it is that we are doing here and what the point is. And it's actually like, to me, it's the most natural way to understand our world. And, and otherwise science doesn't quite cut it like, because when we get and to like, like the moon literally changes people's moods. The moon can make you bleed out of your vagina. Why would Uranus not also affect your relationship with money? That's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. It's like, and when you look, that's why like these chart readings, are, sometimes I'll get people who like get a chart reading as like a gift or who like, are like, my girlfriend made me do this or like whatever. Like, and I'm like, okay. Like some, I, I have a client recently who bought her son a reading and the first two minutes I'm like, I just want to know before I get into this, like, what's your relationship with astrology? And he's like, well, I'm a scientific person, you know? And he's like, kind of like telling me, you know, I'm, I'm interested. I'm open. My mom got me this present, but like in general, I'm not into the you know, metaphysical. By the end of the reading, he was like, wow, I get it. And, and his like scientific reflection was like, oh, it's just data. And I was like, it's just data. It is. And now, you're interpret and do something with, but it, it is literally just data that is as accurate as any data gets. I know. So here's something else really crazy to think about. And it's on a slightly different uh, type of thing. But because you mentioned monkeys. Now, did I mention monkeys? Yeah, like why are we not? Yeah, yeah, like primates. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but monkeys do have feelings too. I know, but here's the thing: why are we not monkeys? A lot of people because evolution was like you are never gonna stay here if you're all covered in that much hair. Yeah, but also a lot of people think that we're not monkeys anymore because we started eating meat and it helped our brains develop. So we're not really monkeys. What we are is a hybrid between monkeys and the Anunnaki, which are the aliens that came to earth and started breeding with the monkeys. And it began the first civilizations that we now know as like the ancient, you know, like Mayans and stuff like, and even before that, there's like Atlantis and Lumeria and, you know, like all these sort of original empires. And then there's like the second wave of like the Mayans. And then we got like crop circles and like pyramids and all that shit. 
and then we that another era died and then we were reborn in sort of a, nor- a more Can modern aliens come back again and fucking help us like shit is so annoying right now that's actually what i think is happening where is it like men in black where like the weirdest like most fugly people are the aliens that's really funny i want to say to anybody that's ugly and listening to this podcast you are not ugly you're a fucking intergalactic extraterrestrial being and that's why you're ugly so it's all good fucking lay back on that you don't have to fix anything you're an alien okay but i do think there are hot aliens like nicole for example absolutely hot alien what i oh, think yeah, if I you want to look at the aliens among us you want to look at and we said this before who's poly aquarians who's uh aliens aquarians who rules uranus aquarius famous in uranus lifestyles of the rich in uranus we're talking about aliens people Aquarius and Uranus both represent this sort of intergalactic interference or like intergalactic. That's the thing, like Capricorn and and the era that we're moving out of has been sort of, it's like this divine feminine public that's been then taken over by a wounded masculine and left us all in shambles, right? Nobody is taken care of by the systems that are put in place to take care of us, right? What's happening now as we're having this like sort of entry into the Aquarian age is that we are getting more guidance from, like, I would not be surprised. I, Nicole and I have been teaching telepathy for the last two years. I've been teaching telepathy to people dead seriously this whole time. How do you teach would, telepathy to people? Oh, first of all, Molly, you're not staying long enough at the moon. You will take it out or I'll stay up all night. We are doing this work, okay? Molly usually has to go really early because she's in London and she starts the show because it's already like midnight there, lol. I always have to work the next day. I will teach you how to do telepathy and I'll teach everybody how to do telepathy. But the bottom line is we all kind of know and I would be surprised, like give it five years, we're going to be talking about telepathy as if it is like a a completely valid form of communication. Well, if my vaccine didn't give me that ability, then I'm going to be fucking pissed. I hope it did. That's the thing, right? There's all that stuff that's like, don't let them fuck with your mRNA or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck with it. Because I'm smoking cigarettes and drinking soda. There's nothing you can do to hurt me. But if you could make me a little bit more psychic, I'm fucking in. Right. Because here's the thing. We're already telepathic in a sense. We can communicate without speaking instantly Mm -hmm. by texting each other. So if I have a (laughs) microchip in my head, then I'll be able to do it. But listen, the reason why I brought up the monkeys eating meat and becoming humans is because I used to think I've gone on and off ever since being a teenager that like being vegan is the way to go and that like I am actually, you know, killing souls when I eat meat um, and that I shouldn't be doing that. But then after I took acid, I was like, (laughs) what about the plants? (laughs) What about the plants' souls? That's so funny, Molly. And I think that's very sensitive. I think that's a very sensitive take. Plants are alive too. And more importantly, <laughs> the migrant workers who are paid like $0 an hour to pick the plants are alive. Except for that one day on shoot with Kendall Jenner. Right, exactly. So the thing is like, I'm eating meat because I'm like, a, like everything's alive. Oh, I have- you're actually so pro-plant that you're like, I would rather eat the living thing, like the, the mammals. Yeah, like it's, you know... I, I don't think that animals should be in factory farms. I think that's horrific. 
but mm-hmm. I don't think that eating a plant is more moral than eating an animal. If all yeah. you have- Whoa, what a healing thought because I've been feeling so guilty. Randy and I randomly watched Babe and now I'm like, oh my God, the chickens have feelings. The I know. Feelings. Everyone has fucking feelings. I love farm animals. Like I love cows and chickens. I want to have a farm one day if mm-hmm. I'm rich enough to like have someone else run it. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm just like- When we're rich enough to have someone when- Yeah. But that's the thing, because here's the thing about plants. Plants evolve to get us to eat them so that their species will propagate. Whoa. Who's to say, like weed, weed evolved to make you high because it knows that that's going to make more weed plants exist. Oh my God. So everybody really is doing this like survival of the fittest game and we'll stop at nothing. They'll be like, like plant will be like, yeah, I'll make you fucking high. Keep me around. Right. And so who's to say that animals didn't do that? Whoa. You think animals are like, eat me, eat me. It's why I'm here. Keep me alive longer. Like, are we better than intelligent design? No. Well, it is kind of interesting though, because it's like, when we're talking about like the, the animals that are going extinct, we don't eat them. Right. Like we don't eat elephant. We don't eat jaguar. We don't eat like koala. Like the, the, the animals that are, really present with us we are eating and the ones that are rare we're not well people are poaching them though yeah but they're not poaching them to eat they're poaching them to like sell the tusks and like to to say they did it and to be like i have no joy in my life even though i'm stupid rich what will i do now kill animals it's like a power thing but like no one's eating elephant right that's true i am like for the record animal rights all day every day but i also don't think that veganism is sustainable for everyone i don't even think it's necessarily sustainable for the planet well what you said is so real though if it actually is true that like eating meat like the development of our brains came from a positive uh result from eating meat it seems like we should eat meat right i mean some people can survive perfectly on a vegan diet me personally i've done it so many times and i always get to a point a couple months in when i'm really lightheaded and weak no matter how much i'm supplementing no matter how much protein and fat i'm eating i can't do it it is Mm -hmm. not part of my journey so like i can't i think for the people that don't start when they're like i have friends that were like vegetarians or vegans or whatever from like childhood but I do think if your body is used to certain like nutrients and certain iron and getting a certain amount of what meat does give us, I mean, I'm not a scientist, obviously I'm like the stuff that meat gives us, but I do think it's hard to make that transition. Cause it's like, well, our bodies actually know how to survive and are surviving with all of this. Why would we take it away? Right. I don't think we can quantify the thing in meat that gives us our power. And that's why we can't replicate it. Do you know what I mean? Well, it's just that blood thirst. It's, that, it's giving us that we're better than you <laughs> and right. secret mojo. But I think there are like nutrients that we don't know about and can't detect. And I think mm-hmm. some people can survive without them. Like I said, like I have some friends who are vegan and they are functioning incredibly, but not all of us can. The other thing that really bugs me, and I'm sorry that we got on this tangent. I love the tangent. Hang in there. I well, stay on it. Okay. We'll move to Jamie Lynn after this, but I want to get your <laughs> thoughts on this. So I love foie gras. And I love any kind of like mystery meat, you know? You ever have like bone marrow? It's one of yes. my favorite things ever. I love it. And I think like the the coolest, most sacred thing you can do is eat every part of the animal yeah, and yeah, not yeah. waste it. And with foie gras, you know, foie gras is illegal in California. No. Really? Because, yes, because they consider it cruel to, because foie gras is a liver 
for people who don't know, it's the liver from a goose that's been force fed. So they take this, Whoa. like, they take this shoot and put it in the, the goose's mouth and they force all the grain into the goose. But the thing is, first of all, geese don't have a gag reflex, so they don't give a shit. Hot. Hot. I know. Second of all, fake it. Foie gras <laughs> is. Right. Goose. What? <laughs> pretend to cry pretend you're gagging on it pretend you're choking to death <laughs> right. make the farmer feel good Come on. yeah yeah <laughs> so the goose not only does the goose not have a gag reflex but foie gras is like a delicacy and it's really expensive so the geese that are being used for foie gras are running around living life like they're basically at the cirque lodge all day every day of their lives well when you say force fed though like so they're not like stop fucking feeding me no like, they don't okay with it they're cool don't care anthony bourdain it's like getting like an iv of vitamins Exactly. Anthony Bourdain did a video where he went to a foie gras farm, I guess. And he just walked around and showed them because he was very anti-banning foie gras. He was like, foie gras is amazing. It's so good for you. Like liver is one of the best things you can eat. Wow. It's basically a superfood. And he wanted to know that. Yeah. And he wanted to prove that it's not harmful to the geese. And you can see the geese on camera. They're excited to get force fed because they're like, fuck yeah. Like, <laughs> w- wouldn't we all? It's like they're just getting like 10 Slurpees a day. Oh, fucking so, force feed you my dick, goose. Yeah. So this is the thing that pisses me off about like, quote unquote, animal rights advocates is, do you think that chickens in factory farms are not being abused worse than the geese that love their lives in the foie gras farm? Well, I think that's like the whole issue. Like I actually think a geese who's living it up in a foie gras farm is way more on the level of the kind of, you know, animal product I want to embody and, you know, put into my body. Right. Like that's where it's like, I don't think like, so when I buy meat, I don't cook. Okay. Let's be super clear. I do not cook. But even when I do, or if I buy meat for someone to cook for me or a guy or like go to restaurants, like I do try to do like, like I go to the farmer's market, I try to buy like organic or farm raised. Cause I do think, I think the factory farm element is actually the thing that's so sinister because again, we're talking about feelings, aside from just the fact that we're like killing souls and eating them for dinner, LOL. I do think that like the state of, I, I think energy transfers and that, you know, part of what astrology helps us to understand is like, sometimes that subtle energy that we can't quite put our finger on or we can't quantify or we can't grab with our hand is, is more powerful than anything. Right. So I feel like when we have animals that are being abused and then we're eating, it's like, I don't know how bad the quality of McDonald's is, but I do know that after I eat it and it is the best shit on earth, I do feel like I've abused myself on some level. So it's like, Oh, when I eat a steak from the farm to table place, I don't feel horrible after when I eat a burger from McDonald's, I usually feel, granted, I've eaten like also 40 chicken nuggets and a soda, but it's still, it's like, it's like, I think that we feel it when, when an animal has died in a way that is, or even lived in a way that is, you know, unsavory or subpar. And it's like, if we eat meat, if we eat happy meat, I think it's a part of evolution. And it's a part of just like the cycle of the, you know, like fittest, survival of the fittest and just like the, you know, the, the triangle of you know, like this person eats, this person eats, you know, this yeah. eats, this, and no, not person, LOL, but we're not army hammer here, everybody. But mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I think that that's, I do think that like, it's natural to eat meat, but I don't think it's natural to write, like to, to 
force chickens into tiny cages and basically ruin their lives so that we can eat them in more uh, in mass quantity it's like well all right that's not great. exactly it's like the chickens that are in the like purdue farms they are being force fed as well like we've all seen those if you went to warp tour you saw at the pita the pita stand they had like yeah. the animal um propaganda the videos of the the chickens that can't even walk in the factory farms like they're being force fed as well. Like foie gras is not the problem. No, but honestly, foie gras, it's like whoever's banning it is honestly just like, if it's like the California government, they're just fucking taking all the foie gras and having private parties on their homes on the Big Sur. And they're just like, fuck all y'all, we're getting all the foie gras. Like it's not illegal, it's actually just for us. That's what my, that's my hypothesis. I don't have any proof. This is not an accusation, but I do think if we were to lead an investigative study, where is all the foie gras in Cali? It's on the decks of people in Montecito that are governing the people and taking all the foie gras for themselves. Right. I think what it is, is they started to put pressure on the poultry industry and the people that own the factory farms were like, you don't care about us. You care about the foie gras. That's the real problem. And that's how they got the animal rights people off their back. Everyone should eat foie gras. It's delicious. Very good. It's very good. And it's, bone marrow if you have a chance. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you're not comfortable with it, obviously don't do it. But like, but if you're comfortable with it, if I can take a little acid and have some foie gras. But I do think it's a really interesting topic to then, like what you just said, which is talking about like, you're not here for me. You're here for the foie gras. I feel like pivoting into the Britney's Jamie Lynn story is so perfect because yes. isn't that the question we're asking like who are you here for what are you here for oh before we get to Jamie Lynn I just want to say one last thing my my food philosophy now is there's no ethical consumption of food no matter what you're eating unless you're eating like a yoga mat you're killing somebody's soul so and if you're eating a yoga mat you're killing yourself that is uh that is a, an item not to be eaten yeah bleach of of vaccines right so we everything you eat is killing something so i'm like whatever i guess i'll just eat everything i love that that's very holistic thank you so jamie i will say that when nicole and i first met i was like a little bit because she she's very spiritual she's like a child for spirit and like i am but i'm also like a crunk public school jersey girl like just trying to chill you know and yeah. at one point i said to her like can I be crunk and a spiritual leader? And she said, yeah. Why do you think spirits are called spirits? And I was like, yo. Mm -hmm. And then she was like, it's foolish to think that you're, even if you're dead sober, that you're not under the influence. She's like, cause even if you're not, even if you're dead sober, you're under the influence of spirit. So she's like, choose your spirits. And I'm like, ah, freeing. Wow. That's so enabling. And I love it. Gotta have it. Gotta have it. Yeah, I hope no one sober or vegan is listening. Well, they've turned it off by now if they are. Or we applaud you for being one of the many different types of people in this country who can choose to, or in these countries, we're actually international show, yeah. but who can choose to live in whatever way they want. Yeah, I love it. I love people who are vegan. My dad's a vegan, you know, and, and he's more annoying for it, but he's lost a lot of weight. And I got him a gym's cheesesteak shirt just to offset it and I think he's getting a lot of compliments and very funny about it so you know there's win-wins everywhere see I gain weight when I'm vegan it's very hard to really? lose weight. buy all the cheese I get this cheese vegan no cheese isn't vegan are you yeah I don't know anything about that I cannot I cannot even entertain it 
I mean, I'm technically lactose intolerant and I'm fucking going to tolerate it. Okay. So I can't even talk about vegan at this point. I know I need cheese. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah. You, you basically, in order to get full, you have to eat way more carbs when you're vegan. So. Whoa. Right. This is my dad. My dad's like big catchphrase now that he says about being vegan is to be like, just cause it's vegan doesn't mean it's healthy. And now right. I go. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't know, for me as a five foot two woman, it was really hard to be satiated and not be I'm just plants. The plants are screaming at us. Hey, we're alive too. Eat the fucking animals. Exactly. Plants are doing so much for this world. Like we're just a garnish and like, you know, floral accoutrement for a space. Like don't fucking don't make it plant based. We are doing other things. We're making oxygen. Oxygen, right. That's the thing. So, okay. Jamie Lynn Spears. So we had our Britney update last week. Britney spoke in court. It was wild. Apparently today they rejected her request, right? Now here's the thing. Okay. So I did some deep diving on this last night. So they rejected her request, but it wasn't the request. So there's some misinformation because it seems like they're rejecting the case that she made the other day that we all listened to and like chatted about, right? They rejected a previously. So these court, all that's the thing, right? Like Saturn in Aquarius. And now we have Jupiter, Jupiter, the planet of justice, moving back into Aquarius to retrograde and sort of rethink a lot of the stuff. I think that we're seeing the, the holes in our justice system, like, just it's so exposed right yeah i think in the case of britney what's confusing in terms of like the media portrayal from what i understand is that yes her petition to have her father removed from her uh conservatorship was denied but that was a um that was a motion put in order like months ago and it all just takes a lot of time to process so there actually is no response from her heartfelt 24-minute testimony it just happens to be that this was rejected right after that testimony and so now we're all like how could they mm-hmm. like we're going like cosby versus britney how could they and it's like actually these are all individual cases where there has been absolute uh fraud and just you know bribery and payouts and, and there's a lot a lot of moving parts in there that no one's talking about right like money is a character in all of these stories and but i don't think that britney britney's like big performance the big court appearance was not actually a bomb or a fail we haven't there's no response from that yet right. this was the rejection from the past okay that's good to know that's a very great clarification and something that everybody needs to understand because it's like i feel like at the end of the day like we're looking at media we're selling we're, it's it is clickbait in a lot of ways trigger warning i know you hate that word no but it's, it's like, not clickbait it's that people don't read past the headlines Right. It's like we, so, so it, it helps us in order to get people to click to make it uh, vague. Right. So, so. No, it's not making it vague for that reason. It's because you can't fit the whole story in one headline. Yeah. But like, for example, for, okay. So maybe you can explain this to me then. Cause I feel like with this Britney thing, when I'm looking at the headlines, it's all like, uh, Britney, you know, Britney's uh, petition rejected after, thir- you know, after, you know, heartfelt 24-minute uh, testimony or whatever. Right, but that's true. It was after that. Yes, 
but it's misleading because it's not a re- they're actually not connected like it, it like chronologically she right. is being rejected after this thing happened but that is not the thing that's being rejected but like for instance for facebook which is a huge driver of traffic your headline can only be 85 characters it's like basically going like here's what you're going to be interested in and click to read more right so if you said the accurate headline like if you included i guess all right you really couldn't even right right what did he right it would be like but right it would be like petition put in before britney spoke last week and then it's like boom you're you're out of characters no one knows what you're talking about yeah right 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 right. it's the reason why people on twitter get so self-righteous whenever it's like LeBron James's wife gets third medal, like bronze medal in Olympic archery. And they're like, she has a name. And it's like, uh-huh. said, like Tiffany, whatever gets third. Right. We don't know who that is. Right. Nobody cares. It was like, yeah. like they did, they used to do that with like Bill Gates That's wife funny. as well. And it's like, yeah, because Bill Gates invented windows and she didn't. It's no, like, it's like, Oh wait, I don't know Bill, but I know Melinda. Right. <laughs> it's nothing personal. We know Bill. We know Bill. Yeah. It's because like every, I, it just drives me up a wall. Like every media outlet is fighting against the tech algorithms that they won't even tell us what the algorithms are. Right. right. You know? That is the other crazy thing. The algorithm is changing so much and not being communicated is so fucked up. Right. Like we're all going out of business because of the internet and the internet won't even throw us a bone. So yeah, sorry. We have to jam a lot of keywords into the headlines. Sorry. You know, you heard it here first. We forgive you media. We get it. You're everyone's trying to make a living, but I do want to tell anyone. And everyone like- fucking hates us us being what women or comedian media, media. Or i'm saying media. This, <laughs> yeah, i i work in journalism so i i sometimes yeah, right. you guys really have a bad rap and my parents are both journalists and like right my grandparents are my my grandfather's a journalist i totally right, yeah so it, it just kills me whenever people like blame anything on the media because i'm like no the media is like we are the media they're literally just doing their fucking jobs they're just trying to make a living and tell you what's going on right and like all we want to do is like good investigative reporting but no one ever fucking clicks on it so like fuck right. off you know yeah 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 do you think I want to be rearranging Reddit threads into content every day? No. No, but I do think maybe while you're in there, we should make like some fake space trash stan account because it seems like Reddit does have this, like, I don't really know how to use any of that stuff. Like I'm so not in, like tech, but like, I feel like when I hear about people like blowing up or like even like QAnon really got a lot of steam on Reddit, right? Like, I feel like Reddit isn't, we got to like make our, like a fake psychotic fan account and just get people riled up about space trash on Reddit. Well, the thing is Reddit, that's the reason why Reddit, and I, I love Reddit. I'm a Redditor for sure. But like the reason why the, the content on Reddit is relatively high quality is because they have systems in place to ensure that people aren't just nakedly self-promoting. Oh, so really? Like, yeah, there was somebody at one of the websites I used to work at, I forget, who got fired because they got caught promoting their own stories on Reddit. No. If they find out, like if, like I've never worked at BuzzFeed, so pretend it was BuzzFeed. If BuzzFeed found out, if I worked at BuzzFeed and and Reddit realized that I, a BuzzFeed reporter, was promoting my own shit on Reddit, they could ban BuzzFeed links altogether for, for a little while. 
and that would put a huge dent in BuzzFeed's traffic. So okay, like- do you think we need to hire out? This is where we get like Casey to be like the, the space trash stand. So it's not going back to either of our RP addresses. I know, well, we've, we've said too much already, but- oh, Okay, okay, Big Brother is watching. We're not gonna do any of that. We're not even using our fingers to type. Right, exactly. So, so that's the thing. That's the thing about Reddit is that you can't you can't promote your own stuff. Like, well, that's crazy. I know it's good though. Like, it's cool. Yeah, it's, it keeps it fair, I guess. Right. Yeah, it's the reason why it's like the least spammy social platform. You know, interesting. But isn't it, but it is all user generated, right? Yes, it's a hundred percent FUBU for us by us. Interesting. Maybe maybe off cam sometime or off mic. You give me like a little Reddit tutorial. I really don't understand it or how it works at all and i've tried to kind of dabble but like i don't really get it it's the biggest time suck in the world it is the biggest time suck i'm a like i'm addicted i found a <laughs> subreddit that i'm fully addicted to and i don't want to say which one it is because you don't you don't want everyone to get so addicted and mar your territory right and it just it will reveal too much oh my about, God, I'm to know. You have to about how I, yeah about how i feel about a certain topic ah. um it actually is private now because it's so controversial oh molly i'm dying to know on it on what level you are this controversial how exciting i know and only when we ever have one we will tell you then all Hello, right what? actually should i just say it yeah, fucking say it. Okay, I'll just say it. We have like 30 listeners and they're honestly stands of space trash. So you guys start okay. the Reddit and Molly will tell us your secret. That's a trade. Go ahead. So here's the thing. The subreddit is about the royal family. I'm okay. not going to... We know that you're in. Yeah. I'm not going to say what the actual name of it is because the issue is the moderator who runs it was threatened with a doxing. Do you know what doxing is? uh i vaguely it's when you expose the person and say where they live and start sending them like right 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 it's like it's like right people go go attack them right and it reveals their identity yeah so the reason why this subreddit is so controversial is because it's like not 100 percent pro megan and harry whoa first of all the fact that that's like the big reveal is like so fucking hilarious i know that that is as controversial as you get as being a follower of an account that does not stand the Megan Harry union is so fucking funny, so white, so fucking perfect. I I'm know. Based in London and this topic to explore. But I mean, it's crazy. You're a bad girl, Mal. You're a bad girl, Mal. I know. Like, not being 100% pro Megan and Harry is a doxable, cancelable offense. Oh, that's crazy. I guess it is, though, right? Because it's like you could just make it anything. You could make it so many things that are fucked up, even if you're just like, I just don't see it. Right. <laughs> like, if, you know, if you're like, I think she's drugging him. He's on Quaaludes or whatever. Right. Not that like, I think that, but I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah, like the thing is so many, so many people say racist and sexist things about, right. about their relationship that like, if you question anything at all, it's aligned with that. And it actually is sort of a masterstroke of branding to come out and say in the very beginning of your worldwide fame that your critics are racist because it's like yeah it really is it's like getting ahead of it right and now anyone who says anything is oh no i can't say it because it, it must be like my unbiased racism or right. my yeah or my not unbiased my what's the one i'm looking for my unconscious bias. Un unconscious my un my my unconscious racism 
Right. So, so yeah, that's the subreddit that I read all the time. And the reason why I really like it is because they're not mean. Mm, they just have genuine reasons why they do not stay in this couple. They're just, they're just like, wait, what the fuck? Like, what is going on? You know, maybe, okay, we can either cut it out or come back to it, but maybe we should move this. I want to know what you think about the statue, et cetera, because this is a great entry into, you know, what do you think of Meghan and Harry, first of all? What do you think of the statue? What do you think of the fact that there were no wives there? It was them and Camilla? I died. Wait, Camilla wasn't there. Who were, who were they looking at that? Okay, so I watched the live stream of the um, moment of unveiling. I think it was... The two boys and Camilla. No, no, it wasn't Camilla. It was one of Diana's sisters. Oh. You know, everybody looks the same in their white 60s. I know. And they've all got that flat. Really, that's really funny, though, because it looked, I was like, who is that? And then she kind of, like, turned her face to the camera, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Camilla. I'm like, how tacky. But you're telling no. me it's not Camilla and Charles are in a different country right now. They're in Scotland. So what do you think of this? Give me, like, the fucking underground scoop, and I'm not going to tell... Us Weekly, and I'm not going to tell the Reddit. Give us the full Molly breakdown. What do you I know. Well, you know people from Royally Us listen to this podcast, and then they comment them. about me on YouTube. I'm going to block them. Why haven't they hired me for something yet? They don't listen. LOL. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Okay. I, I guess I'll just, I'll just say... My readings, they listen. I'll say what I feel in my heart of hearts. And it can always change. It's subject to change. You know, in this moment, what are you feeling? Right. I think... All of these people, and I said this on Royally Us this week, all of these people are three-dimensional humans. Like, right. none of them are good or bad, mm-hmm. Prince Andrew, bad. Everybody else is either going with the flow and they're going with sort of an evil flow, or <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? Like, Let's call it like a more fearful flow. Yeah, like... I don't think they're evil as much as I think that, like, even, like, the birth of this nation, of the United States... Was a reaction. I mean, the 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 people that left the UK to start the United States have the exact same issues as Daddy UK. So it's all the fucking same. Which is that ultimately they're like, the white people need to keep the money and the property at all costs. And like that's kind of the thing. It's like about money and property and making sure that the sort of inferior inbred white people keep it. Right. And it's well, it's- not an official statement from Us Weekly. That's Sarah's statement from, I just drank a hard kombucha. Just don't, yeah. So, okay. (laughs) That was all Sarah. That was not me. That was all Sarah, and I am honestly just, like, verbal diarrhea. I don't even really have an opinion of the royals. I'm just trying stuff out. So here's the thing. The the royal family, I never understood the point uh, until I sort of started to get it a little bit while I lived here. So... The theory behind, because right now the royals don't have any constitutional power, really. Well, there have been a few stories recently that they actually do meddle a little bit more than previously thought, but they are mostly just figureheads. They are. But are they written into the government? Like, like with us, it's like there's a pro, there's like procedures with the House and the Senate, and Trump was impeached in the House, but not in the Senate. Yeah, they don't really have that here. They don't have that. There's not like clear boundaries. Yeah, for the royal family, not really. But, like, they're not really supposed to be... Uh, but the queen meets with the prime minister, like, once a week. And the queen has to sign off on every law before it's signed into law. She actually does have the right to reject it, but she has never used that because it would be so controversial and everyone would get rid mm-hmm. of the monarchy. So... I feel like at the beginning of The Crown, that was, like, one of the things that, like, 
as the father was dying, he said to Elizabeth as she took the crown very young in her 20s or whatever, he was like, never have an opinion of anything. And, and even yeah. it was the grandma that was like, to be queen means you don't, you never let in on your feelings and you never actually show you care. And it's like, wow, this is just about keeping a straight face. That's like the whole thing about being queen. Right. So here's why. It's because if you have that person to put all of your country's identity on, Mm -hmm. it makes politicians less powerful and it makes it a lot harder for any prime minister or any member of of parliament to attain a cult of celebrity similar to say like Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan. And that makes total sense to me. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying that the the royal family is kind of there as like a checks and balances for politicians. Yes. Like politicians can't get that big. Right. Because there's always going to be this other sort of ruling body that we associate with that we're always going to think of as like more glamorous and and really like our like lord and savior the queen. Right. There's always going to be someone bigger than the prime minister. And the prime minister. Wow, is- that's so interesting. What a fucking like flex on like. All right. I mean, I would. I need to know more. We can tell me another time. But like, it is interesting to think about how like how it evolved, like how a monarchy evolves, and then there. But but then there is a government created alongside it. It's like, it's an interesting power dynamic because right, like one actually is controlling the people, if I understand it correctly, but the other is controlling the people's like emotions. <laughs> like, exactly. it's like, that's right. Like that, it's almost like the, the, the palace is distracting in a way. Yes. Well, I don't know if I say distracting cause that has like sort of a negative connotation, but it's true because it's like, we like when Obama was in office and we talked about this like two weeks ago, we really didn't hold him accountable because we were so like in love with him. And right. we, were, we were like, he's our, he's our black safe daddy. Yeah. Like we just loved him. Yeah. And like, if you had a Royal family to put those weird parasocial emotions onto, then the president becomes a glorified garbage man. You know what I mean? Like comes mm. somebody who's literally sitting in an office signing papers, not somebody who's like, you know, friends with Beyonce. So, right. so like, and there have been times, especially in the past like 20 years or so when, you know, Tony Blair, people got really freaked out by him because they thought he was trying to be like presidential. They thought he was trying to be famous. Margaret Thatcher, they- he was sh- like too, Right, right. So anybody with too much flash, they shame. Right. Because they think they're competing with this other political body that's actually completely apolitical. Right, and they're like- Within their own fucking interests. Right. Basically, it's like a museum of white privilege. That's what it is. Basically, and that's why, museum. that's why they should have- that's why I feel they should have bent over backwards to keep Meghan and Harry in. 100%. Like, that's it's where... It's so stupid to be so fucking limited in your thinking that you don't get when the universe is trying to give you layups in terms of your evolution as a storyline. Layups. That is so true. And that's what it was. It was like, oh my God, none of us thought that one of the people in this current generation would bring a person of color into the family. And And if anything, we would be like, and it would be no problem at this point. And it's like, no, it was a problem. I know. Oh, no. The optics are horrendous. So bad. But I also think, like, it's because Harry and Meghan wanted to be on the same 
playing field as William and Kate. And the mm. bread and butter of the monarchy is primogeniture. It, what does it, that mean? What is primogeniture? Well, primo is Latin for first. And oh, uh, geniture comes from the Latin root for birth, like Genesis. So Molly, what are you looking at encyclopedia Molly over here? When have you had to prepare this for? How do you know this? Wait, okay, this is awesome. Learning. I'm a huge nerd with like oh, this words. Is great, you guys. No, the no space trash podcast. If you haven't left a review, leave one right now. This is just like a fucking education station over here. We are up here stationed in this trash conversation, actually fucking delivering gold. Yeah. So primogeniture is like when you value the firstborn son. Now Whoa. it's daughter. They changed the they changed the rules right before George was born because they they changed it so that a girl and a boy who were firstborn would be of equal standing in the royal family. Well, that's interesting. So they wouldn't skip a girl that was older, basically. Right. Which they only changed that in like 2008 or something, which is crazy. Or not even like 2011. Crazy. But so primogeniture is the firstborn has the privilege. So like William is going to be the king. Harry's not going to be the king so like William and Kate the the role of the entire rest of the family is to be like it's like a human jet ski pyramid and (laughs) William is at the top and everybody else is underneath and yeah they're part of the pyramid they look great they're on their jet skis they're in their bathing suits they're waving to the crowds they're not at the top of the pyramid Meghan and Harry wanted to also be at the top of the pyramid it's literally like the news anchors like actually working like like everybody in Fox News looks incredible but like they're all getting fucking like fingered and exploited by Murdoch. And we don't ever see Murdoch or talk to Murdoch. But it's like, we know all the anchors. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think that the Queen or Charles or William or like anyone in the direct line of succession is like doing evil things. I just think that this is the only way they know how to preserve what they have. And And this is like the big question though, right? Which is like, is, at what point is preservation like too self-serving like like at what point does it become like because no they're not like actively participating in evil but if you are spending your life compromising your feelings and the feelings of the people in your family and the well-being of the people that you're related to and that you love and you're like actively participating in like sort of you know blatant I mean blatant racism the fact that even the color of baby of the of the grandson that wasn't even ever gonna be king's Right. Skin color was an issue is like, wow, pathetic. Like, what's wrong with you people? And the fact that, like, three days later, someone said to William, is your family racist? And he said, we're not a racist family. That was such a fumble. Like, every family, we've talked about this, every family has racism in it. Like, every family of every race has at least one member who's got some sort of unconscious bias. (laughs) Or just, like, for him to just be, be hip enough to be tuned into, like, the sensitivities of the moment and say... You know, we never thought we were. Yes. We never thought we were, but now um, it's it's interesting seeing how having Megan here changes the dynamic or brings up different things. Like, he, like, that's right. But it's like, that's what we're talking about, where it's like, they're sort of doing this, like, denial of humanity game. Yeah. Which ultimately, I mean, Elizabeth, I'm not saying she was a bad mom, okay? But those kids are fucked up. Like, you think that the Queen's sons give off a beta vibe yeah we had to cut it because i got a little bit too hot about the boys but i think that they are not i think that they're almost like the antithesis of the divine masculine like they are abusing their power they are insecure they are lying in large part and they're 
really ashamed to speak their truth in almost any area in a way that is actually like effective or emotional or vulnerable or, or change. Like they are, they are like low impact and they're both like kind of predators. There's Charles actually a third one too, but I want to say that I disagree. Edward, it's, it doesn't matter, but oh, I, yeah, Edward, I thought of the crown. Yeah. 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 I disagree with that about Charles because I actually think for as badly as he handled his marriage to princess Diana, he was hamstrung by the position that they all put him into. And if you look yeah. at the way he has behaved over the past 10 years or so, I mean, he said, he said back in the like 80s, I love Camilla and I want to marry her. Yeah. And he went through with that. Yeah, he but here's the thing though. He, he being so triggered by Harry is so his own shit. But how do we know he's triggered by so- because if you were so in love with Camilla, you should have left. You should have, like, if you're going to go, he made a conscious choice to say, okay, monarchy over love. And then as a result, he hurt other people. And he, you know, it's like, I don't know. I just the feel like. The, just one generation prior, like the queen's dad wasn't supposed to be king. It was because his brother fell in love with an American and abdicated the throne. His brother- Whoa, this is like their story? Yes. So that's why they Whoa. said to Charles, no, you cannot go with this woman who's like not a virgin and who like might be a little bit damaged goods. Like that's why, because it was a constitutional crisis. So Just- wait, say this again, how did they end up in, in, in the, I want to say the White House. How did the they end up in the palace house? Okay. The guy who was supposed to be king edward the eighth or something i don't know i forget he yeah it was edward he wanted to marry an american divorcee wallace simpson right right wallace simpson right and everyone was like no you can't do that you need to marry like a british noblewoman and he also i think just didn't want to be king he was also bisexual very interesting story so he said no fuck this i'm out he was already king and he left and that's why george the sixth elizabeth's dad became king and wait how is he connected to george the sixth are they brothers yes he's the younger brother of edward so elizabeth was never supposed to so he's sort of a harry he's sort of a harry type he's a harry he's the spare Elizabeth was never supposed to be in the line of succession. Like for the first few like years of her life, she, she did not think she was going to be. It was only when he abdicated that her family line came into power and her entire family was so shook by this and so angry that he abdicated. Elizabeth's mom thought that the reason why Elizabeth's dad died so early was because of the abdication crisis. Like it was a huge issue for them. They were not happy. Abdicate mean. (laughs) Abdicate means step down from the throne. Oh, oh, I love that. They were not happy to be put in power. They were very, very angry about it. And the thing that pissed them off most of all. It was almost like a, um, not a punishment, but like a curse. Like it was like, how dare you give us all this power and money. Right. Like the problem was. People problems. White people problems. But I know. The, the issue was that they almost lost the entire monarchy because of it, because everyone was like, what the fuck? This guy doesn't even want to do it. It put it through the whole thing into crisis. So that was the problem. So that's why. So Elizabeth watched all this happen. She had it drilled into her head from the time that she was a kid that turning your back on the monarchy can destroy everything that our family holds dear and ruin the country. So then. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. plushcare.com/weightloss. And when Charles is like I want to marry this woman who's like not appropriate to marry for whatever stupid reason, that's why everyone in the family was like no, 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 no. And that's why Charles went along with it because he was like I am going to ruin everything if I marry Camilla. It's so interesting though because it's like ultimately when we're talking about you know I do a lot of relationship work I do a lot of attachment style studying and we're talking about like secure attachment style we're talking about a person who is independent and self-sufficient enough that they're able to really be interdependent with others because they feel like what they have and and their sort of ability to be okay on their own is strong enough right I feel like when we're talking about the monarchy in this, this, what are they, what's their name? The Windsors? The Windsors, Windsors. yeah. The Windsors. So when we're talking about the Windsors, I feel like we're talking about what happens when like you lead from a place of insecurity. Because when you lead from that place of like, I have to fake this or like I have to keep, I have to work to keep this. I'm not saying that hard work isn't part of the journey. It certainly is work hard on stuff, I guess, you know, but it's like, if you aren't, if what is just, the astrology is more real than their le- legacy because astrology just is. They're like, no, we have to sacrifice and we have to like right. pretend to be different people than we are in order to keep this money and power that we didn't even have in the first place. Also, speaking of attachment styles, and then I want to tell you about Marina Ogilvie to just talk about like a, another crazy story, but attachment styles, I think Charles had a secure attachment style and yeah. Diana had an insecure attachment style because what happened with their marriage was that Charles was like, no one's faithful in a royal marriage. It's tale as old as time that the king has a mistress. And Diana did not get that memo because she was 19 years old. She was a baby. She grew up reading romance novels. She wanted to be, she had no clue. And Charles probably assumed that she knew the, the, the unspoken agreement because her family had worked for the royal family for centuries. And that's where it's like Harry's going, Megan, you should have known to wear a fucking hat. And she's like, don't assume. Yeah, but also Megan should have known to wear a hat, honestly. Well, but also Diana should have known that she ain't shit. No, I'm like, kidding. But Megan like, was 40. Right, right, different, right. 19 is a little bit different. Like, he kind of plucked her out of her daddy's house when she was dressed like a fairy, according to the crown. Right. Well, that scene wasn't real, but he did meet her when she was like, a, he met her first when she was a very little kid. And then when she was a young so weird to think about like in the context of this larger story right? right it's almost like she was she was groomed 
to play this part and the whole time it wasn't really right and he was right. kind of like uh but that's where i'm like with megan I'm maybe like, he's not such a loser he just like truly was in a weird spot right and but that's why it was megan i'm like you are a smart smart person you know what's up you understand the world you cannot convince me that you didn't google him i'm sorry i just don't believe it i mean no she knew his fucking birth sign she knew no no, no. megan checked megan we checked. all would you'd be crazy not but you know what that's the same thing as as that's what they're they're a match that's why they're a match because that is totally equivalent to william being like yeah we've never really participated in racism of any kind Oh my God, so true. Like lies, lies. Yeah. Okay, okay well, keep your image up, cool. Let me tell you about Marina Ogilvie. So she was the queen's cousin's daughter. So we're getting into like really the, the third- The queen's cousin's daughter. She must've been a real standout though to be that far down in the tree and, and, and have a name. Right, exactly. So she, we're really getting into like the third string here. We're on the freshman squad. So Love. she got pregnant before she was married in like the eighties and her parents were like, you are a part of the Royal family. Even though you don't have a title, you cannot have a baby out of wedlock. You either need to get an abortion or get married. She went to the press with her story to be, she was a really cool, weird, What's her name? Marina Ogilvie, really hip, weird lady. She was very artsy fartsy. She went to the press with her story. She said, my dad told me uh, that I had to get married or abort my baby and that I couldn't have a baby out of wedlock. And when I asked, when I said to him, what's more important, me or queen and country? He said, queen and country. So this guy is like a like very low on the pecking order royal. And even he is like, no, actually maintaining the monarchy is more important than my daughter's health and happiness. It's just the way it is. And it's the way that like, it's always been, you know, because they know that a monarchy makes no sense in the 21st century. Right. You like literally have, that's what I'm saying though. You have to work so hard. Like that's where it's like, even if I don't try to get coaching clients or I try to get comedy gigs, they always come back to me because it's just actually like the match for the thing that I do. Yeah. Right. So like, even if I don't do any marketing, I always have clients. I always have shows. I always have things. Cause like, I'm just funny and helpful in the ways that in conversationally. Right. I feel like this is what happens when you like reject your authentic, the authentic truth. Right. And you have to hang on to something so tight in order to keep it what ends up happening is that like, you know, chaos ensues and abuse incurs because you're actually now like fighting the natural order of things. Right. And that was Diana's whole deal as well. She was a bigger star than Charles. She just, right. And that was her undoing because right. she couldn't fall into line and Harry and Megan didn't want to fall into line. So that's why they left. They didn't leave because they didn't know what it was going to be like. They left because they were being asked to be, play second fiddle to William and Kate, and they didn't want to do that. Like, that's why they left. Well, and I do think that certain things, I understand from Megan's perspective where they should have been, if anything, hypersensitive. Oh, agree. I agree. I agree. The fact that she is black. Like, the fact that, that, it's like, she's not being oversensitive about that. Like if, if anybody was concerned about my child's skin color, especially if I was obviously black or biracial or what, you know, however she identifies, yeah. it's like, she's not white. She's not white. Like, you know, she's black. I so agree. They should have given rude. Like I would take them down the minute that anybody acted like that with me. Right. The thing is if Harry married like a white aristocrat, then yeah, they shouldn't get special treatment. But the fact that he is the first person 
well, not the first person ever, actually, fun fact, Harry yeah. and William have Indian uh, ancestry. Oh, on was it a rape side. or a romance? It was, well, you know, you just don't mm-hmm. know because it was a I couple know. Gotcha. years ago. But yeah, yeah, the 23 and me's are a little bit like, oh, 1% South Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, all right. But they do, and the, like, the name of the woman is known. There are people who have been biracial in the past, but Megan is the first one that was like, yo, I'm biracial. This is not a secret. This is not an open secret. So in my opinion, they should have given her special treatment because the optics of her leaving are so much worse than the optics of her and Harry being a little more famous than William Kate for a few years. It's also, yeah, I agree. William and Kate. I mean, I agree a million percent, right? I mean, the optics couldn't be worse. Right. The optics of, because it's it's not just that they left. It's that like, they left because of like, really just like insensitive family shit. It's like, they left because they didn't give a title to Archie and Lilibet. And the I mean, it's not like in general that just like the culture was, did make, did have Megan feeling very assaulted. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that that, the thing is though, this is the thing that really confuses me about them is they sort of try to have it both ways of we are of the people, but also we're going scorched earth because you wouldn't give our kids titles. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. But both of those things can't be true at the same time. Like the fact that Megan said in the Oprah interview, it's his birthright to have a title. Since when do we care about birthright? Like, are you kidding me? Well, and actually to your point, like it wasn't Elizabeth, this mon, that's the whole thing. This monarchy is not rooted in anyone's birthright. What you said is like somebody wanted to just run away with Wallace and it fucked the whole fucking hierarchy up. And they were like, Liz, you're next, you're on. And then she's a star of the show, but it wasn't like she'd been the headliner the whole time. That's she the thing. Was in. And the thing is like, they have been, basically Megan and Harry are trying to operate a rival court in America. They didn't walk away mm-hmm. from the royal family. They're trying to still be part of the royal family, but do it in their own way. So that's really what makes me be like, okay, what is your actual goal? What is like your actual goal is not like freedom and equality. Your actual goal is still to be considered better than everybody else. Well, the thing about it is like both Megan and Harry have very competitive charts. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I mean, I think best case scenario, which I don't think anybody would say is the case, perhaps on a subconscious level. I think that's a really interesting way to think about it. And it's like, maybe I think to like best case scenario on a subconscious level, this makes their lives more fun. And actually not only standing up for themselves, which we know is Megan's purpose, you know, but standing up for themselves and, and, and not allowing the monarchy to dictate. I mean, I would, I think I would rebel 1000%. I would have been like, if they stayed in, their lives would be a cakewalk. Yeah, but they don't, that's what I'm saying. That's not fun. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they want to fucking play. I know, but now they play. Play. don't take me to the game just because I'm little brother. No, this is like ultimate little brother syndrome. He's like, I'll go to America and we will spa. Play with me, Willie. Play with me. But here's the thing. Now they have to make content. Well, that will be what's interesting because she was an actor and wasn't even good at making content then. Right. But I think that, you know, as we all know, if you're listening to this pod, you're probably a artistpreneur like us. And, you know, 
it, it, there are many phases. There are many phases to the journey. So I just want to say, we're going to forgive Megan Hare if the first draft of the media company isn't necessarily like, doesn't play out. I yeah. think they'll find out. I think a lot of the, I think it's very hard to leave the royal family and then like declare yourself a business entity of, of a craft that you don't really do. Right. I mean, you pay, pay a mortgage on pay right. a mortgage on a 16 bathroom mansion. Right. I mean, it's a little bit like, right. Like I, I if I were to open a brewery, it's possible that it would be successful, but only if I'm actually like a really cognizant business person, knowing that I know nothing about brewing or beer or drinking. And I'm just fucking here to yeah. like, like, you guys do your thing. You know, like I feel like Megan and Harry are just going to have to kinesthetically find out what the thing, the thing is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if instead of it being a media company that they were like churning out the good content for, if like they collaborated with like Oprah or like the Smiths or something. And it was like a reality show. Like I think they could move into the reality show sphere. Maybe call it docu, maybe call it docu. But like, I think that's where they're headed. They are going to do that. They're going to want to be stars. They want to be celebrities. But the thing is their brand only succeeds if it's affiliated with the Royal family. And yeah, but it always will be now. You know what I'm saying? Like Angelina Jolie is John Voight's daughter, whether we talk about it every time or not, like well, that is where, they, that is who they are. They, yeah. that's the thing. That's why they are in many ways more powerful than their family because the, the thing that they are rebelling against or, or the thing that they're not trying to protect anything. Whereas the family is trying to be like, we got to keep our spot. we got to fucking keep our spot. Where they're like, no, we are that. And you can't control us. Okay, check this out, though. Like, Charles has been wanting to slim down the monarchy for 20 years. He's been talking about it. What does slim down mean? He doesn't want to have as many working royals. Like, right now, the queen has cousins that we've never heard of that are princes and princesses. And that's absurd. And they live in... So, but this is interesting, though. So... Prince and princess. So the reason they were upset is because when you have a title, like it's basically like nepotism into a job force. Yeah, but it's also not true because like Prince Andrew's two children, Eugenie and Beatrice, they don't have security either. They're not working royals. Charles has been wanting to have fewer royals on the payroll and titled for years because- If you're titled, are you on the payroll? No, you're not. And okay. Meghan and Harry tried to make it sound that way in their interview, but it's not the truth. The thing is, no matter who Harry married, his children would not have had titles because the, they are the great-grandchildren of the monarch. So the only reason why William's kids have titles is because they're in the direct line of succession. Right. If William, if Charles dies, right. then William's so, king. If William, right. And then- the What would happen is when Charles takes the throne, Harry's kids do get the prince and princess titles because now their grandfather is king. So- what would happen in the meantime? Like, are you saying they sort of like left in a way that was like a little bit premature? Like you're going to get the fucking title. Just exactly. Fucking... They uh -huh. wanted to have the title yeah. from birth, which I think they should have made an exception for them because the optics of not giving the first biracial child born into the royal family a title is shitty optics. Like that was very stupid of them to not give them the title. Who gives a shit, you know? Well, but that's the whole thing, though. They give a shit. And that's why they don't think it's shitty optics. They're like, no, we are a little bit racist. Like, they, they're, like, it seems like they're just like, yeah. No, it's because, but also they made it about 
the no, wait, wait. it also happens to not be he wasn't not titled because he's biracial he was not titled because that's not his time to be titled yet is right. what you're saying. right okay so that's actually interesting though because i think that on some level that is kind of true to the monarchy story that you're telling or the picture that you're painting which is that ultimately what matters the most is like abiding to this tradition this and hierarchy these rules and so has nothing to so actually i don't agree that i don't think for the optics they should have done anything. But I do think that the underside of some of the like, like official business that takes place and the timing of all things, I think they probably were fucking assholes. Like, I think they probably are way too comfortable, you know, with their whiteness and their comfortable racism or their, or, or ignoring this entire thing, right? this ignoring this entire population because like they're just concerned about keeping their wealth and their money and staying alive in this they're like in the mafia like it's like the monarchy's like the mafia a little bit where it's like we're the family now like we gotta fucking like every man for himself you know like so i feel like i'm okay with the optics being off because that's like all right that's not like authentic but i do think they authentically hurt her feelings and were racist and made her and feel fucking bad and i think mm -hmm. she was like regardless of me harry this is corrupt and i think he was like looking for something to do. This guy is just sobering up. He's wearing Nazi costumes a few years ago. This guy needed a little action. He, he doesn't, he needs to push it on some level. So true. His golden years were being at war. So it kind of makes sense that now he's starting a war with his family. He was at war. Then he was like an addict. Then he was like a fuckboy party boy, like edgelord, you know, just going for it. Doesn't care about anybody. Then he meets Megan and everything changed. And now he's going and fuck the system and fuck my family. It's like, he's just like rebellious. Right. And the he thing that bothers me about it is that it's not fuck the system. It's give me a better place in the system for no other reason than I want it. So interesting. Wow. Right. Like... He's yeah. not anti-monarchy. They still use their- Right, he's just, so you're saying he's just butthurt because they didn't give him and Megan and his children any kind of love in terms of like status. Right, exactly. That's all it is. We but it was never promised to him, right? Like even if he had a white girlfriend, you're saying it would be exactly the same situation. Yeah, it'd be exactly the same if he had a white girlfriend. And the other thing is like what I would have done if I was them, it, oh, also- the queen said Meghan can keep acting if she wants. In the beginning. And on they, the record, on the record, or on Zoom? No, like, they said it in the Oprah interview, and they said it as if it was an insult. They were like, they didn't want to even pay for her, and they said she can keep acting. And it's like, well, yeah, because she's a fucking adult who worked hard for her career. Why wouldn't she keep acting? But see, that's what confuses me, though, because it's like, the way that they made that interview, I feel like the... the in, and I got to rewatch, I guess, but the impression that I got from that interview was very like, I was trapped in my little room and no one was helping me and I couldn't do anything and I couldn't, right. I had nowhere to go. It's like, it's like she couldn't have been acting, she was trapped in a little room. Yeah, but she also like went on a private jet to Elton John and David Furnish's like private island. Oh, like, she, they weren't that trapped. Okay, okay. So basically she was like, why didn't you get me therapy? She sounds like a lot of people that are mad at their boyfriends for not being like, you should have intervened. Yeah, but like everyone in the royal family goes to therapy. A lot of them go to therapy. So why didn't they help her get therapy? Here's what the conspiracy theory is. The conspiracy theory is that she wanted to go to one specific like rehab or 
inpatient luxury place. And the family was like, well, that's a bit much. You're, you probably don't need to go to, you know, Betty Ford or whatever, like, you know, place in the Maldives that has like five-star service inpatient. Like maybe let's- It's also kind of ridiculous because like, wouldn't anybody in the royal family then expect to just, yeah, like- I, I, I want to go to Esalen. I want to go to the, I want to go to the good ones. I want to go to the good ones. Like I always said, I will go to rehab when I can afford to go to Malibu. The, the promises. Right. Exactly. So that's what the conspiracy theory is that she, she wanted to go to one of those like celebi places. This is also just a conspiracy she theory. She wanted to go to Esalen. They were like, that's ridiculous. Go something private and quiet and just handle whatever you need to handle. And she was like, no, I need to get a spa treatment as well. Yeah. That's what people think it was. And this is the thing is like, there's also a lot of weirdness with Harry where he said, oh, I never got therapy until Megan told me to. But then there's an interview from like five years ago of him being like, William made me go into therapy and I'm so thankful for it. See, that's the thing. There's a lot of back talking on the, I mean, even with Jamie Lynn, we haven't even dug in yet, but Jamie Lynn did the same thing where it's like, she did her big statement with her caterpillar eyebrows or whatever. And she just bombed she bombed her own statement well let's real quick talk about the statue so okay first of all man face i know the statue is like well here's Eh, not that good the thing so they unveiled the obama portraits look incredible i know they unveiled a statue of princess diana it was always going to have to be pretty representative like it was never going to be able to be really artistic and abstract because it's royal Mm -hmm. art but here's mm-hmm. the thing, most royal art makes people look hotter than they actually were. Like, No, they gave her like an underbite, and I'm sensitive with that because I have an underbite, but I feel that she's a little bit jaw, like bottom jaw heavy. Yeah, it doesn't look like her. And like, like Queen Elizabeth I had like lesions on her face, and she looks beautiful in every like painting of her. So mm-hmm. like, I don't know, they just, but I think what happened, so there's this artist that I love on Instagram, his name's Donald Robertson, and he posted the, the a photo of the statue. And he said that it seems like it was art by committee where like a bunch of people sat in a room and they were like, well, it has to have kids. Well, it can't be too glammed because that's not what she's about. It has to be philanthropic. And like, it was probably like a marketing boardroom meeting, a startup meeting, tech guys talking about it. Right. So it does feel like art by committee to me. It's not really artistic. It's too representative. And the the guy who made it it's a little on the nose it's a little bit on the nose and in fact if, if you're gonna go on the nose have it be the two sons it's later in her life and it was always gonna have to be not glam because the royal family was very annoyed at how glam she was because for some reason they don't understand that that's what the people want is glam right, this is like a little bit ann taylor for her Yes, the outfit, like the the bell. The the bell, right. My grandmother would approve in the 70s. Right, and it doesn't really make you feel emotional to look at this. There's a fountain. There's a Diana Memorial fountain in Hyde Park that the first time I went to it, I cried. Oh. Because I'm a loser, but also because- No, it's beautiful. It's like very abstract, and the, the, the marble is from a certain place that was significant to her. She specified before they- or someone specified, I don't know, that they wanted it to be designed in such a way that kids could play in it. So it's always full of kids, like, dipping their feet in it. It's like living art. Like, she was present in the art. Right. It's beautiful. And this just doesn't feel as evocative. Oh, I would say that it is specifically not evocative 
Except that maybe you could argue that one of these two children is a person of color, which would be like, we're so hip. Yeah. We're so hip. We care. But no, this is not evocative. They didn't even give her cleave. They unbuttoned her shirt halfway down and did not even give her a tit to stand on, right? There, there's just no cleave. I would have given wow. her a little tit. And right, I mean, she's got an underbite. Um, she has some kids that are not hers, uh, you know, on her arm. Yeah. And, first, uh, first royal statue or piece of art depicting a royal. It's just not that good. It's just not that good. That doesn't make the person look hotter than they were. It's just right. That's where that's where it's like, is it about racism or is it like, is this family just psycho about anybody who like comes into the family and seems like they're going to threaten their coolness? Right. That's the thing. Well, the, the so the sculptor had, uh, I saw today he had, um, he has a sculpture of Josephine Baker. That's Ooh. sick. Google it. She is mid dance pose. Like her boobs are out. It's so cool. It is such. Oh my God, I love that. What, and what's, what's the artist's name? Ian Rank Broadley. So right. that one's really cool. And you can tell that they reined him in for this. You can tell that this was not really like an artist at work. Do you know what I mean? It was just mm -hmm. someone who. No, it doesn't look like, no, this is like totally like government. Like, it's like if the government was going to make art, it would be like this. Like yeah. even like when you think about like the, the Wall Street girl, the bull like both of those pieces have so much character even though they're like this heavy pieces of metal like this is a really boring piece of work it's really not so true it really has no energy it really has no um it doesn't it doesn't really say anything other than get a blouse here i mean it really, she looks like a mannequin from from j jill that's what it she looks like Blouse, yeah. When you look at it, you're just like blouse. There's a blouse. Oh, a blouse. It's so oh, a blouse. No, the whole no. I see blouse. That's like literally what it is. All right, we are joined with Sam Rhodes, an actual English person. Sam, welcome to Space Trash. Thank you for jumping into the trash shoot with us. Hello, it's beautiful to be here. It's a pleasure. Long time so listener, first time appearer. You're not a long time listener, are you? <laughs> I mean, a long time would just mean like the past few weeks. I'm like, that's as long as it can go. So like, I feel like that. Well, I spent a long time listening to the uh, the theme tune I composed. So I think that counts. <laughs> I, Sam. No, I'm, I'm so in love with Sam. I'm Sarah. It's so nice to meet you. Yeah. Sam is very adept at auto-tune. Like we recorded a song today and he auto he's really good at auto-tuning. It made me realize that everything is auto-tuned and yep. auto-tuning doesn't always sound like share like <laughs> like no most well, auto-tune you cannot detect and yeah, yeah. it's like face tune it's like same thing Don't yeah well i'll let you know who's the biggest one for the recorded version is old mickey bubbles michael buble <gasps> his his oh, albums are absolutely God. full of auto-tune and it's a real shame because he doesn't need to because he's a genuinely good singer but it's faster for a good engineer just to take it once or twice and then auto-tune it than to have him take it over and over again. So a lot really, of the- What is auto-tune? It's basically just like moving the, the, the note to the appropriate note. Yes, That's exactly right. Like I've watched him do it. It's literally physically moving it up a notch or down a notch. I think like I might be pissed though. Like I feel like the type of singer I am, it's like I'm actually all nuanced. Yeah. Like, I feel like sometimes when I'm, like, remove backgrounds from my photos, I'm like, that's not the background. You know, it's like, I feel like I might yeah. not agree with the... Well, the here's the thing. The thing that Sam told me when we recorded Horse Girl, which is dropping later this month, he Incredible. said... The big, Incredible track. Thank you. 
the big issue is not your pitch or the note you're hitting. It's like the emotion and the verve behind your voice, because that's what comes through no matter what note it is. And it's totally true. And I can't, can't fucking hide. You can't fucking hide behind audio, right? It's still, you still got to perform. That's right. You still got to sound, you've still got to perform it. Yeah. You've got to still perform it with some chutzpah. Do you know what I mean? You got to get the old, uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. So long story short, anyone who needs any sort of audio stuff, Sam is available at a premium rate because he is a fucking wizard. Space trash. And he's the man who goes space trash. Oh my God, you're so good on, oh my God, you're our fucking flavor flavor. That's right. I'm the lovely deep voice as well. So Sam. Celebrities. What, it's so dumb. The whole thing is celebrities so and astrology, and they're trash. I don't even remember. It's like we can help it be more compassionate to others. <laughs> yeah. So okay, Sam, you are a British person. Did you? I asked you earlier today to find out your birth time. I did. I did. I was Sam, born. Give at me your fucking stats, bro. I got to soul up. One twenty-three in the early afternoon, just after lunch, apparently. PM. So, Yes, in the PM, one twenty-three PM precisely. I don't know you like that, so we gotta actually begin at the beginning where it's like, what is on your birthday? Okay, wait. Sam, well, before we okay, so just type it in the chat, Sam. Your birthday. I'm gonna look it up. Date and time later, for later. It's like an it's a it's a it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. So type that in, and then let's talk real quick before we get into it about your chart we want to ask your opinion as a british person about the royal family we also might need you to critique uh some accents that we've been oh love it yeah cultivating yeah so so sam are you team william or team harry um i like harry i like his his brashness i like that he's cut himself off from the family i think this is a good move i think this is uh you know, the man wants his privacy. He's lived in the public eye for a long time. He said, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the pageantry. He knows he's never going to be the king. And he's gone, I just fancy living like a normal man from a bit. But Sam, he doesn't want to get rid of royalty. He's, he still wants to say it and he doesn't want privacy. He, he wants asked to ask Max Shepard to ask his producer not to address him as anything but the royalist of Harry's until oh, wow. Harry said, nah, nah, you can call me Hat. Mm. He wants the title still. That's the thing. And Sarah did his birth chart and his birth chart is like, he wants to, he's just, what our hypothesis is, is he wants, he's pissed that he's not going to be king and that's where all this is coming from. And I think he knows that he's not really the son. I think he's old enough to, th- to feel like he might be What's his name's kid instead? Do you know no. what I mean? What? Oh God, I don't even want to get into this. Are Look, you kidding me? What is this? Okay, there's a conspiracy theory that he is the son of a guy that Diana had an affair with, but it's a not a rugby player. Well, that's why he's a million times more fuckable. A rugby player? <laughs> one that, that is <laughs> one is Charles, and one is a fucking professional rugby player. Okay, princess. Yeah, dude, that's the genes I want. I'm going to say something controversial. Charles was a little bit hot when he was younger. Wow. He was a good-looking lad. Definitely. He I'll was give him when that. he was younger. He, was, he had a good body. 
Second of all, Harry looks exactly like Prince Philip with a beard. He, he's got this, like Charles is his dad. Diana was not so reckless that she would cheat, like pass off someone else's child as a royal baby. She wasn't Anne Boleyn. Like mm. she was recklessly. <laughs> absolutely would have. No, she would not have. She never. I think she would have been like, why would I tell you people anything after this? I don't trust you at all. Yeah, why would she trust us with that? He's not going to be king anyway. She never cheated on him until Harry was like four years old. Apparently so, yeah. She never even met James Hewitt until Harry was like already. There's a lot of pictures okay, so though. There's almost Hewitt no way that it's not and... Charles's lucky, genetically yeah. hotter son. Yeah. Look here. Let me find. I'll I'll find a picture. But anyway, Sam. So you are Team Harry. Uh, what do you think about the Queen, Sam, as a British person? Well, I am definitely in the minority as, as a Brit, uh, in that I am not a huge fan of the royal family. I don't hate them as people, and I think a lot of the stuff they do is very good. You know, the charity work is great. The raising awareness is great. All the sports stuff they do is good. But I just think, as a British person, it's time for us to stop uh, giving them all of the money and putting the Queen right at the top of the decision-making. So technically, the fact, even though she's never done it, Technically, the fact that she could decide to overwrite a law we tried to pass is something I think in 2020, 2021 now, it's time maybe to get rid of that, in my opinion. And I've, I, my opinion is often, I'd, I'd really like to see us treat our royals more like the Europeans treat their royals, where people who want to follow the line still follow the line. They can still do the pageantry. They can still do the parties. They can still do all of that. But in my opinion, I think it's, you know, Stop giving them the money. Stop giving them the tax breaks. They should be paying some tax on some of that land that they own, is my opinion on them, mostly. They don't pay taxes at all. They're just like the Hasidic Jews of the UK. They don't have to pay any taxes at all because they basically own it all. They do, have to, they do have to pay some, but yeah, they use like loopholes and stuff. But it's oh, like yeah. It's... If they're the top of the money chain, it's like, mm. why would we pay for anything? We're here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think, well, that is what Prince Charles wants to do. That's like the slimmed down monarchy that he wants. He wants it to be, and that's why he didn't want to give Harry's kids titles until later on, because he's like, I don't want to have an absurd amount of royals because it's too expensive and it doesn't look good. But mm. at the same time, and we were just talking about this, Sam, like Sarah and I, I think both agree that like not giving Harry's kid the first biracial kids born into the royal family titles was a really stupid... It kind of looks bad. Yeah, it looks bad on I them, doesn't it? At least yeah. they could have comforted them. I don't think you need to do optics, but I think you could say, look, it really actually isn't personal. Let me make it so clear. And the minute that someone dies and then this is how it shuffles around, he's going to get the title. Like, it seems like they're like, he said he never would because he was black. And I don't think <laughs> I, like that's actually what happened either. Yeah. Yeah. It was somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't think we need to like placate the, you know, but I do think that like, it sounds like they were jerks and Megan was like, respect me. And they were like, we literally don't even give a fuck about you at all. Well, yeah. if anything, they should be happy that someone with a slightly different gene pool is producing children for them. Do you know what I mean? Oh it's my God. It's no, gonna... saving their lives. It's not that it's the same as the Jews, but I always want to say like, yeah, we got to stop marrying within the fucking race. We're just going to, inbreed ourselves of having out of having noses like we're literally killing ourselves slowly just by staying in this gene pool yeah but you guys do a good job diversifying sarah you know we try we try yeah. but it's been a weird few decades for the juice definitely 
You know what else you guys are really good at is like actually getting people to convert to Judaism to marry you. Like if well, I tried to- yes. We're the chosen people. We are the creme de la creme. That's the thing. It's like the Jews are the most privileged because we not only get to claim that we're a minority, but then it's like, we're actually like the like sacred white people. That's right. You're the cream <laughs> of the crop. Yeah. Yeah. And is no one true? gets- no one gets mad at you. Well, I guess someone got mad at you. You know, everybody hates us, I think, traditionally. Yeah, historically, they've had a bit of a hard rub. If you don't know Jews, you don't think anything good. So, no, I don't. And, and honestly, the pedophiles have been, you know, the voice is way too loud. Um, you know, I think we had a few weird, uh, you know, after the Holocaust, people, uh, you know, the trauma gets inherited in all sorts of weird ways. You know, now, Sarah, Israel to- and, you know, pedophilia. You'll have to uh, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here, Sarah. You don't technically convert people to Judaism. The accepted idea is that they were always Jews in their heart all along. Is this right? I've got a friend. I have no idea. I've got a I good am friend so who's Jewish, a... whether I like it or not. I haven't even considered marrying someone Jewish or asking anybody else to pretend to be Jewish. And I can't escape it no matter what I do. I'm sort yeah. of big rabbi vibes. I've got so... a good friend who's a Hasidic Jew now. Ooh. And he went. Like that's like a totally different thing. The thing oh yeah, no, he's very, he's very devout now. Yeah. People, like when you're talking about like the stats on like numbers of Jewish people that exist, it's like you're not even realizing too that you're talking about one of the most fractured group. It's like it's all just also like tribal subsections within the tiny section yeah. of people. I mean, it's an incredible Sam, population. Sam, is your Hasidic friend British? Uh, he's Irish, yeah, by birth, yeah, and he became and a Hasidic Jew. Yeah. Hasidic Jew? Is he hot? Is he convertible? Can he be reformed? I think he's a good-looking dude, yeah. He's got a big old beard now, obviously. Mm, yeah. But so that. do you. Yeah, that's true. He wears, yeah, the, he wears I think the, all the, the traditional garb. You know? It's way cooler. Like, your vibe is, like, more musician. <laughs> so here's the thing. Like, Sam is very evolved when it comes to, like, understanding other cultures, especially for a British person. Because Whoa, Sam doesn't... I'd say, say that's this, fair. <laughs> Because Sam doesn't even hate Americans. And like everyone here hates Americans. Hey, Sam, glad to have you on the pod, man. For a minute there, I thought we were having you on to just fucking destroy us. Yeah. I love Americans, me. I'm all about it. I think so Americans funny, are the best. Like, Americans, right. Like Somali, you're like an American living abroad. And mm-hmm. I'm just a fucking, like, do you think of me as like Jew or American? What do I jump out to you as? <laughs> I'm more, which one is like the first? I want to know. Sam, that's Does a question that really- for you. Oh, for me? Yeah, Sam, I'm Molly, I don't give a fuck. She already knows I see her as a Jew, and that's why I like her. You've got that. I mean, I'm not speaking in the context of American or not American. You have got that be- that beautiful vibe to you, Sarah, that you are going to make an amazing Jewish mother one day. Do you know what I mean? You're going to be you're going to be I'm, the I'm, king of the I'm, castle. Do you know what I mean? You're going to be telling everyone their business, and you're going to be putting them in their place. It's going to be great. I know, she already like, is. If I have kids or not, that is what I'm doing and who I am as a person. So right, Jewish first, Jewish first. I think that that's why it's like, is it a race? It's like, right, but Molly's American, but I'm Jewish. Mm. She is a rabbi. Like, she actually is a I'm spiritual a leader. I'm a, comedy, I'm a comedy spiritual leader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But this is the thing, Sam, is like most people that I've met from Europe, because I always like growing up, I would be like, why did like the Holocaust happened. Like, why do people have beef with Jewish people? They're so chill. Like I grew up in New Jersey and New York. I have cousins that are Jewish and I'm just like, where does this like deep- like We're from like a very Jewish area, which like, I guess is rare. Right, it's rare. And right. like, 
the thing that I realized is a lot of the people that I meet who are European, they actually don't really know any Jewish people. Yeah, there's a lot of... People in Connecticut don't even know Jewish people. Right. It's such a weird thing, that, yeah. Because, um, you know, we... I think Pete, someone like my dad, for example, he doesn't think of a Jewish person just being a normal person living their lives. He thinks of a Jewish person and he will think of a Hasidic Jew or someone in the hat. That's so it's, crazy. Yeah. Because, like, Jewish means, like, oh, I'm at the Wailing Wall praying. Like, yeah, so yeah. I would be lumped in with that. It's so funny. It is funny because, like, he just, you know, he doesn't think... Because he finds it... Not funny, but kind of interesting that I've got so many Jewish friends and I do a lot of like shows with Jewish people and stuff. You have most like Hasidic Jewish friends though, or like Well only only one massively Hasidic Jewish friend, but um, the rest of them are minorly Hasidic. (laughs) No, I I have some I have some fairly devout friends as well, you know. It's all good. And it's nice. Yeah, Rachel Krieg is a good friend of mine. We've done a load of stuff together and she's a real uh, she's a you know, a practicing Jew. So there um, are Jews in London. If I come to visit, I'm not going to be like... Oh, yeah. North London, especially. There's a big Jewish community out there, yeah. Yeah, London is like Nolo. a very... Nolo. Okay, we're yeah. going to go to Nolo. There's mm. a lot of Jewish people in London. There's a there's a street in central London called Old Jewry Street. Okay, yeah. definitely for us. That's definitely for us. Yeah. Taking, yeah. It. Taking it. Yeah. I do a lot of... Uh, I do a lot of work with a very, very funny Jewish comedian called Rosie Martin. She's an older lady and she's, you know, in quite a traditional Jewish marriage and sees all of, you know, oversees all of the traditional Jewish tradition, but then is one of the most foul-mouthed and hard-hitting comedians out there. And we, uh, we gig together quite a lot. And we do a little, oh we do a little double act called Sonny and Hair. <laughs> Are you cute? Are you cute or what? Okay. Yeah, it's great. It's good fun. I love that. She sounds right up my alley. Oh, she's amazing. Because we did a gig together once at this show, which was a real rowdy, like, laddie crowd, you know, young, brash men. And she came on and she just put them all in their place. And at the end of the show, one of the loudest guys in the audience just said to me, like, is she allowed to say that? I said, of course she is. She can say what she wants, you know, just because you can't handle her being a you know, a cool as sort of uh, yeah, of Jewish big, older woman, you know. One of the big Jewish privileges, you really can just say it. Oh yeah, and she is, she is ruthless and it is brilliant. <laughs> That's interesting because Ruth is a Jewish name for, so, so for a Jewish person to be ruthless is very rare. <laughs> Sounds like it's ruthful, it's ruthful. Yeah, <laughs> Sam, I have a question. So you've toured in the US many times. Sam, I'm telling you, he is the most tolerant person. He has like MAGA friends. I'm like, I don't even have MAGA friends. <laughs> no, I try to stay pretty open. The Moonyule's mixed. The Moonyule's mixed. There's mm-hmm. MAGA people in the Moonyule. Mm-hmm. All right, I didn't know that. But here's the thing, I don't judge, pe- I don't judge people, whatever, but also like if it comes up. Cut it out for the MAGA fans. No, yeah. if it comes up, I'm gonna get in a fight with you. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, definitely, not a, yeah. Not a fight, but a debate, like a, 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 a very spirited debate. But so Sam, you've toured in the US a couple times with com- doing comedy. Hmm. So my question for you is, what do you find to be the difference between American crowds and British crowds? Because I'm well, wondering if I find it to be the same way. One of the biggest ones is the accent scores you so many points. So and one of the things- let me tell you, you that we have accent. You think that this is an accent. 
No, his accent scores. My accent oh, out yeah, in the States. Yeah, you're in the America, yeah. right? Like American Pie. And, and the girl's like, we'll fuck you. It does not work in the reverse, Sam. Okay, you know that. Right? Yeah, Barbara, I, I figured. They were like, wow, what a charming sound. Yeah, no, they fucking hate us. Okay, Sam, continue. So what, one of my openers when I used to play a lot of shows, especially in the Midwest, was I'd say, I know I'm confusing because I look like I'd operate a carnival ride, but I speak like Hugh Grant. And as soon as... <laughs> As soon as I did that, they were on board and they loved it. And one of the comments I always got in the States that I never, ever get in England is people would say to me, oh, your jokes are very clever. You're a very clever comedian. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I do very, very broad, silly how stuff. We, like, when people have glasses, we're like, they're smart. Well, and that's like, it. The glasses and the accent. Me. And they're like, yes, right. this must be smart stuff. You know? Oh, my yeah. God. Branding. The UK has mastered branding. Yeah. No, it's just that we're like, we are so self-loathing that we're like, ooh, they must be smarter than us. Because we actually believe our own bad press. You think we're surrendering the power to them ancestrally because we're like, why didn't we keep the accent? Well, one of the things I found the funniest is that they still have that old-fashioned idea that British people have terrible teeth. Mm. Oh, it's not this old is, fashioned, but it's this not is old this is something that like Not a lot a of problem with the teeth actually. A lot of people would make a joke to me about that, but I have never seen worse teeth than I saw in the Midwest. Do you know what I mean? I've <laughs> never <laughs> been to I've never been to the Midwest, <laughs> so I can't speak real. to that. No, no, no. That is like a hugely political statement, and it's like we. I don't even know. If, I did it in edible about an hour ago, but like I'm ready to unpack that because like wow, like yeah, low key. The teeth in the Midwest are speaking volumes. And yeah. Please relax with your stereotype of the UK. Yeah, you'd get the guys who just have, you know, none of the front teeth and then just the two molars, you know, and they wouldn't even wear uh, dentures. they just have no teeth. And I'd be like, oh. Crisis. There's an opioid crisis going on. Well, I would say as well, like, live your, live your truth. If you don't feel the need to have, you know, something to make me feel better. You know, if you're happy to stand in the two teeth, applesauce, go for it. Yeah, that's it. If you're not chewing, what does matter? Exactly. If you're just having a nice night out, you dress how you like. <laughs> All right, I'm taking this in. See, I guess <laughs> what I'm thinking is like, I live in London. I used to live in New York. Before that, I lived in New Jersey and Philly. Pretty, pretty like privileged metropolitan slash suburban areas. Northeast Cardigan. Yes. And everyone's got like my teeth, like my teeth look like veneers, you know, like I just have <laughs> giant, really nice teeth. Really I have nice giant teeth. straight teeth. Yeah, really and like, teeth. so whenever I see something that even like slightly deviates from that, like I, you know, I, me. I have a fucking underbite. You do not. You always say that. But Hi. People, I look like the, the meme that you just sent of Harry and Charles is me. I'm a royal. You don't have, that's like, no. This is my jaw. Look. You, it's because you're pushing it out. Listen, no, I'm not. This is the thing. <laughs> I'm not. This is the thing. I see people in London with white collar jobs who just have straight up a black front tooth. Oh, yeah. Right. That's yeah, actually yeah. really shitty. That's, That's really the shitty. difference. It shouldn't be like kernels of corn that are like, wow, surprise. It's like, no, it's more right. of a I saw a lady at like a really swanky wedding I went to who had no gums at all. Her teeth just turned into stalks and went into her skull. Oh my God. Okay. So that's what I'm talking about. It's like when I say, I was like, okay, when I first moved to London, I noticed that people pick their nose on the subway openly. Oh yeah. 
Big time. That I would be cool with. I don't like, I don't want to go deodorant and I want to pick my nose out there. So I feel like already I'm in. <laughs> like, what is the deal with that, Sam? What are you guys picking your noses for? No, like if it's a booger, get it out. Well, if you get on the underground, I don't know if you really experienced this, Molly, because it used to be about 10, 15 years ago, they didn't have a good ventilation system on the underground. So you used to get black bogeys if you went on the underground. You know, if you'd been on the underground and you blew your nose, it would be black. So I think the, oh the long... Oh, my God, are you kidding yeah, me? I'm not kidding. The long-term commuters, they're still searching for those black bogeys, see if they're still there, you know. All right, well, let me tell you... breadcrumbs through the subway to see if they're alive? What the hell? Well, let me tell you this. I was on... I was, <laughs> I was doing something with a British celebrity, not on the tube, and they picked their nose to my face. Oh, well, while you were telling me. I'm talking now, dude. I'll pick it right now. Also, Sam... The, the the New York subway is not a paragon of ventilation either. No, no. and there's like human shit on it and stuff. Right. And people would be like, so I would post on my Instagram story, I would be like, why do so many British men pick their nose in public? And a British friend of mine was like, what the fuck? Like, I've seen people shit on the street in New York. And I'm like, yeah, but they were like people with mental health problems. Like they were like people who aren't killing it at life. Like they're in a bad way. This is yeah. literally like men who are commuting to work. Just like, oh yeah. Just businessmen. Yeah. They've got a finger up to the knuckle in the nose. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad, Sam. And it's also like they don't wear deodorant, which also we already talked about how you and you and Sean were like, that's a hack joke. And I stand by it. <laughs> I don't know what's funny about it. I don't I love, understand. I love I, BO. I'm into BO now. I'm pro BO. Oh, you're pro BO. Is it because you've just been, were you locked in for the really lockdown as well? I fucking love it. <laughs> you've been inside for too long. Yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> All right. What else do we want to ask Sam about? Did you? Okay, well, Sam. Yeah, I pulled up a shirt. Yeah, I pulled up a shirt. Okay. What do you want to ask him? You want to run some accents? Oh, yeah, let's have some accents. I guess, like, the only one I've really worked on is Adele, and it's just one kind of, it's like, rock. That's it, pretty much. You know, rock, rock. What? That's my Adele. I don't know if you think that's rock, rock. What? Rock. (laughs) All right. Rock. What? Also, it's funny because people here use write in a different way. Every time Nick wants to leave a room or get up from a chair, he takes both his hands and he slaps, slaps his leg. him on his legs and goes, right. right. Wait a second, wait yeah. a second, wait a second. Are you telling me I've been doing an Adele impression where I think she's saying, am I right? She's but saying, all right. Saying it's time to get up and go. No, she's, she's saying, saying, all right, yeah. No, right. well, this is the thing. There's no, but it's like time to Irish goodbye or time to get out of here. No, no so. All right's like just a go-to, it's a go-to phrase. It means like, how are you doing? But it can also mean like, there's a gap in the conversation. You know, there's lots of reasons. Mahalo. Yeah, lots of ways you could say, all right. So like when we first moved to London, we lived in a building that had doormen, not Timberang. And (laughs) every time I walked in, they would be like, all right. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm all fine. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'd be like, do I look like something's wrong? Do I look disheveled? Like, why are you asking me if You're I'm all like, right? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm fucking all right. Don't fucking ask me yet. Right. So, so Irish or Amer- or English people say, "All right," and you're just, what are you supposed to say to that, Sam? Yeah, just say, more. just say, what? All just right. Just what? Back's more. enough. Yeah. Okay, and then Irish like, people, Irish people say, "What's crack?" Yeah. 
What's Whoa, crack? really? What's crack? And it yeah. means, so crack means a good time. It means like fun. So this is what I really like about British culture versus Irish culture is British culture is like, is your general baseline okay? And Irish culture is like, what is fun that's happening right now? Mm. You know what I mean? It's. I feel like that's like the difference again though. Is that is that rugby player Irish? Cause that's sort of a very Harry William difference. That's so true. Mm. Harry's just like, come on, let's tumble. What's crack? <laughs> What's crack, let's tumble. I'm fucking gritty, I'll fucking get in the ring. I also still can't get anyone to explain to me what the response is to what's crack. Because like when we moved into the apartment with Yeah, yeah, like I've had a lot of Irish roommates since I started dating Nick because we all, we had roommates for the first like year or two that we were dating. And they, every time I would see them, I didn't know them that well. And they'd be like, Molly, what's crack? And I'd be like, everything. (laughs) All of it. It's just all crack, mate. It's great. It's crack. I would have been like so defensive. I would have been like, who's on crack? You're on crack. Right. What do you mean? Or I'd be like, not much. Mm. (laughs) That's funny. There was a song, I I was at Randy's last night and he was playing me. uh, I think it's Bo Diddley. And then the Rolling Stones did a remix version of a song called You're Cracking Up. Or not a remix, but a cover. That's cool. Excellent. And you should check them out after the pod. If it, if we release it on Spotify, we can add a song. But I don't know if we're that kind of pod. Keep me on Apple. Give me the ratings, okay? <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's, this This podcast is on Spotify. So, like, should, I can I could just send you the links. Like, just we could stick the song in it. That would be good, yeah. song break of the same song done twice. While we're still in Gemini season, North Node and Gemini, two sides of every story, two different versions of the song. Yeah, but we can't pirate it. Mm. we'll get sued okay can you tell us about sam's chart oh yeah let's chart me up i'm ready to go i gotta say that even okay let's make sure i have the information right sam Mm -hmm. the 25th of no do you want me to not say this you You can say it i don't mind yeah okay november 25th ladies man i don't know what you're into but i'm open whoever wants to fuck sam this is his info okay (laughs) so um sam the 25th of november 1985 125 p.m. South London, UK. South London, in it. South London, mate. In yeah, it, South London. It. Okay. Hang on. So is that that's right, right? Mm-hmm. That's all correct. Yes. Okay. Hold on. Let me just see one thing. He's like a Sagittarius. London. Give me a town in South London. South. I'm Sutton. Not S A T U R N S U T T O S U T T O N. Yes. Saturn. Saturn. Now say Saturn. Saturn. You're kidding. You would say it the same way. Sorry, I'm not making astrology on the mind, man. Okay. So, Saturn. Saturn. Yep. I mean, this chart is really quite interesting first mm. of all um sam you and molly have the same moon oh wow that's maybe why we're such good buddies it is I why. Know. when you when you have someone with the same moon and molly i want to remember what degree your moon is at remind me if you remember but i can look too but i think it's right in the early degrees too you know sam's north node and his moon and his low earth which is different to men than women but still important to notice but uh it's all really in in taurus right on your moon so you're really from the same soul family people that share your moon and especially near the degree they're like from the same 
it's like it's like it's like finding out you're part of the same family tree this is, oh, nice. we wrote, this is why we wrote Horse Girl in 15 minutes. And it's yeah, not we, like, oh, you're we my Finnegan, I'm your Billie Eilish, let's go. That's it. We had a complete unspoken sort yeah. of con yeah. contact. And that's and why we could write Sam's that music like, so quick. Sam, part of your purpose here is actually to like help, like it's going to sound dramatic, but it's like bring us home. Like, like Molly was able to get over all of the the shame of the shtick right like in new york she wasn't releasing horse girl she was working in fucking magazines and doing stand-up like a cool girl you know <laughs> but now molly's safe and sound in surrey in sutton Surrey, london and she's like you know what the truth is i'm a fucking horse girl and then she's like i got songs about it and it's like oh my god and now she's like hurting her vocal cords going too hard on accents like you really gave her because your your North Node and your Moon are there, so you're like from there, but then you're also going back there. Yeah, that sounds you're about really right. Using your intuition and your emotions about how to like build and how to cultivate and how to make like foundation really is what both of you. I mean, even you, Molly. The reason this podcast is so fucking important to me is because I was just praying that someone was going to swoop in and do the part of the work that I just do not have a foundation in. My whole 12th house is in Taurus. So like when it comes to like value and worth, I'm like on a different planet. Like I don't feel like I'm even operating on the same. So it's hard for me to wrap my head around sometimes like functionally, like just figure out the thing to do to, to be safe and to build the thing. You guys are connecting on like, oh, this is the thing that we're like, at our soul level, we need to feel safe and comfortable and we need to be, you know, that's actually like where the value is, like using that comfort to create something that feels a little bit maybe out of your comfort zone. But also if you can get comfortable there, that also has maximum value, right? Now, Sam- My Taurus is four degrees, by the way. My moon oh, okay. in Taurus is four degrees. Oh, so you're kind of like a little bit like big sister in a way, even if like you're less mature. <laughs> Who do you think is more mature? You're more mature, Molly, surely. I, yeah, I, I think, think I might be. I think Sam also has the hairy vibes of this duo. I think you're more of a William, Mom. <laughs> I think you're the William here, you know? I'm not that you're, I would think you both. I'm just saying that, like, you know, William and Harry are both going to show us a whole new... If they say sexy and bald, that will be interesting. Be oh, interesting. I wanted to go over that as well. Harry looks very bald now in those photos. From oh, there. God, yeah. He's like... Yeah. He's got a whole second face growing on the top of his head at the moment, hasn't he? He's that's really... where it's like a Will Holly, because like Molly was telling us earlier, and it'd be interesting to get your, your take, Sam, but that like, you know, Elizabeth says to William, it's not about the glitz and glam, it's about the principle of staying stoic and keeping this monarchy intact, right? Mm. And Harry's like, no, damn it. Like, let's have some fun with this fucking party title or whatever. Yeah. So... Well it's adopt, adapt, improve, isn't it? You have to move forward with the times, I think. And if you look at the, the monarchies that have failed, it's because they've tried to keep the old systems and the old stuff much longer than they should. And I think the That's good the thing about what, the good thing about what the modern royal family are doing is I think they've looked at the past hundred years of history and they've actually learned like, oh, if we're too aloof, if we're too different, and unaccessible, that's when you get kicked out of your house and that's when you get a, an uprising. So if they can adapt to the level that the quote unquote commoners want them to be at, they're gonna be staying there a lot longer. 
And I really think well, that's like what the they're doing at the moment. Stars, they're like, a, they're pre-Britney. Mm. Yeah. I think the problem is that like, Harry doesn't understand, like, I think William and Kate and most of the people understand that they have way more money than everybody else. And that is sort of something they need to hide. And Harry yes. doesn't really get that. Like, right, there's sort of a false humility that really only gets blatantly exposed in the Diana statue. Right. Mm. And Harry's just kind of like, well, I have all this money, but I'm still miserable. So like, but oh. also he doesn't understand that the rest of us are like, okay, Harry, we get that you're upset, but like none of us can afford anything. Yes. We yeah, can't the do the sort of things you're no, doing and we're still having a hard time. Yeah. Well, what I was getting at is like, let's just see though, because I think Harry being in, I, give Harry three more months in Hollywood. This guy is plugging it. Mm. I think we're going to see the evolution of the monarchy in the particular way of the vanity of Hollywood being a, a motivating factor. In, I do. I feel that as well. I feel I like they're... Harry's like, yeah, I'll be a fucking star, actually. Fuck the title. Well, that's it. He seems to be adapting to the idea that, oh, I'm like a Kardashian now and that it's gonna, I'm going to be seen. Yeah. I'm going to be out with my wife, who's an actor, and I'm going <laughs> to be public, you know, in a way that they haven't been before, you know. 100%. That's like kind of what I think. He's I think a star. Like, you know, he's not want your stinking title and I want to get plugs. Yeah. But he, but he does want the title. That's the thing. Well, you know, I don't know what he's going to do to get it. There's not much. It seems he like wants to be King like Ralph is what he wants to be. The cool king. Yeah. Coming he's got to. A, I think what he's. Hollywood instead. I think in order for them to fully make it, they need to cut the cord and stop using the titles completely. Mm. I think that's the only way they can fully transition. I tend to agree. I think it'd be very brave if he, because there was that, uh, the prince who wanted to marry the commoner, wasn't he? And she was divorced and he was divorced. So he gave up his title yeah. to do that. And I think if Harry really wants to live without being told by the royals what he should and shouldn't do, because we were talking earlier, Molly, about the speech and how they wanted to read his speech and he didn't want to do right. it. What do you think happened with the speech? But the thing is, he's not. he can't really do that if he's still technically a part of the royal family. Like if right. he wants to be a separate entity and say, well, I'm going to have this public platform and I'm going to say what I like, the the end result of that is he probably has to leave that central circle, you know, and he's probably going to get... Like you're, you're saying, like, we're seeing a separation from this. Mm. Ultimately, he's not... He didn't, like... Like, he's still... A, like, it's like when you send your kids to college and it's like, they're not my little baby anymore. Yeah. I think he's... Like, you're like Molly was saying, he is trying to have best of both worlds at the moment, which is probably not going to work out well in the end, you know. Yeah. Well, wasn't that his parents' lesson? You know, this is his karma, living that mm. out. Right. Okay, so we're running out of time. We have to stop the broadcast portion of this. We can start a new Zoom, Sam, and finish your reading, but in terms of the podcast portion of the evening. I thought that was quite enough. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks guys for listening. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Buy our merch. I was like, we have to stop recording. No, I've like changed my amp track twice. I actually have to go soon anyway, but can I just, uh, can I just, oh wait, are, is the Zoom going to cancel or is the Zoom? Yeah, the Zoom's going to end. Yeah, okay, less than one minute. So. Everybody get merch. Everybody come to the manual. Um, like all of our stuff, invite your friends, follow Sam. Sam, how can people follow you? Who are you? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Sam Rhodes CE. That's the best place to find me. Okay, a true okay. old school Brit from I'm the an old fashioned man. Of the internet. He's on Facebook, you guys. And listen to our album when it comes out. I'm so sorry, Sam. I'll do better promo right. for it. Meet the junior misses. Meet the junior misses. Yeah, Spotify. Spotify. Space trash. 
trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.